Welcome to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Warren Pickett. And thanks for joining us again for another episode where we're going to be talking about performance marketing today and how to set yourself up for success tomorrow. I hope everyone's doing well. Just a quick reminder that we have rescheduled LeedsCon Las Vegas this fall, and we'll be at the Paris Hotel September 30th through October 2nd. So please make plans to come join us. Be sure to visit LeedsCon.com for full details. We'll also be hosting a webinar on marketing in unique times in early May. So please visit leadscon.com and check out our social feeds for more details coming soon. For today's episode, I'm really pleased to have Aman Advani, CEO and co-founder of Ministry of Supply. And we're going to be talking about data-driven direct response marketing. But first, a little bit of background on Ministry of Supply and how they're helping to make a difference. And, you know, Aman, as I've kind of looked into what you guys do, it's so cool. You know, you're a Boston-based high-performance clothing company founded in, in 2012 by some really smart people. And I know you kind of classify your clothing as performance professional and use science for the better. So can you talk a little bit about just uh, the way that you approach uh, what you produce and, and how you find an audience for it? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, first and foremost, for having me on. I'm excited to uh, connect and, and talk more. Um, in terms of what we do, it's it's easiest to give the very quick you know background on why we started it because that really hasn't changed. Um, as a former management consulting, you know, getting on a flight every Monday morning and off a flight every Thursday evening, I like many people was just constantly at the dry cleaners, you know, hacking the irons in my local hotel. Um, you know, tired of, of wrinkled, you know, sweat stain prone, you know, dress shirts and socks that kind of you peel off your body at the end of the day. And it was just this really awful scenario where I got, you know, as an engineer by background, felt like there had to be something better. And, and, and candidly, there wasn't. So I met my partner at MIT in 2012 when we launched Ministry of Supply then with the same principle as now, which is a kind of a graceful marriage of engineering and science w- with, you know, fashion and aesthetics and fit, right? So this kind of, how do I look and then how do I feel? And if we can kind of build those two together, we can create clothing that's built, you know, candidly for out of home, um, you know, which 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 doesn't help in a quarantine era, um, that that kind of looks incredible, feels great, fits well, and most importantly, performs better than anything you own today, in, including but not limited to your gym or or uh, lounge clothing. Yeah, awesome. And you know, one of the things I love about that is is you know you guys use advanced materials you, you build clothing that's breathable that's you know stretchable um but you also do 3d printing to make clothing and i know you guys have really been helping out and and you know using the resources that you have to make a difference with coronavirus um the technology that you have at hand to design your clothing allows you to also look into designing and, and printing masks for frontline medical professionals. And I know you guys have been doing that for Boston Medical Center, um, and you're asking people to join in to help to make donations. 
Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you guys have been doing, what the initiative's like, and uh, how you've been using you know, 3D print technology to, to reach those goals? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, well, one of the kind of taglines we use more often than not internally when we think about kind of design criteria is this idea of built for motion, ease of care in the planet. Um, and it's interesting that, that when kind of this mask challenge came up, we kind of said, hey, it fits a lot of those criteria, right? Can we, can we make a mask that's machine washable, um, that kind of moves nicely with your body, right? So stiff woven masks often don't. Um, and can we make something that helps the planet, right? And of course, right now, there's nothing the planet needs more than, than you know, PPE or even just consumer level face masks. So we kind of sprung into action and we took one of the, uh, the tools out of our toolkit, which is the idea of 3D printing clothing. And we worked with one of our manufacturers in LA and, and we, we spun it up, we iterated it several times, worked with uh, doctors and consumers to make sure that this fit well, right? We, 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 we make two, we, we, we've worked on donations of two styles of masks, one for medical use, which is coming out of medically certified facilities and one that's 3D printed, which is better for kind of consumer frontline use. And so we sprung into action. We called upon our consumer base to help and, and get, get these things out. And so we're kind of super proud to say this is the month of April raised and donated over a hundred thousand dollars worth of masks which came out to be over forty thousand masks um a, a lot of those n95 equivalents a lot of those knit for consumer use um and we're excited to launch those to the public pretty soon as well well amana you know i can't applaud you guys enough um thank you so much for your efforts thank you for for being proactive and, and really thinking about what everyone needs both uh in, in the medical profession but also the consumers uh, as well. So thank you. Uh, it's terrific news. And, and uh, I, I encourage everybody to go to Ministry of Supplies website. They have a great blog post explaining what they're doing. And uh, you can certainly donate there and, and help the cause. So uh, let's switch gears a, a little bit. And Amon, I know we've had you speak at our events before. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about data-driven direct response, which you're very familiar with. Uh, but, you know, given the, the current climate and, and everything that businesses are dealing with right now, you know, how are you as a, a company, as a, a direct to, to customer consumer brand, how are you currently measuring the impact of, of your marketing giving today's challenges? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really great question. I, I started my uh, kind of company pitch off by, by reminding myself and everyone that we make clothing that's, that's suited for, for leaving your house, right? In a, in a world where, where you're at home, um, you know, we're not naturally inclined for that. Now we do make things that are, are quite comfortable and people do wear and, and fit nicely on Zoom calls. Um, but for the most part, we've shifted our attention to, to really spending a lot of time connecting with our customers, whether that be through this mask initiative, whether it be through just one-on-one -on -one conversations and research. Um, we've spent a lot of time doing a lot of unquantifiable direct marketing, right? So a lot of one-on-one -on -one. at this point, we've racked up several thousand one-on-one -on -one conversations or email conversations um, with customers, many over the phone, many over Zoom, and many over email. And so I'd say our playbook has, has certainly diversified in a way that may not get reversed uh, away from kind of one-to-many marketing, which is kind of very measurable, very ROAS driven, and towards a good combination of, I'd say, more grassroots human connection, um, paired nicely with that direct response advertising that will certainly resume in full force um, in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's great that you guys are, are having those conversations that you're reaching out and really engaging, you know, your, your customers, finding out what they need, how you can help them out. And, and then obviously, you know, using your efforts for, for the greater good. Um, like you said, you've kind of 
changed your playbook. You've, you've gone in a different direction. I, I'm assuming that, you know, the benchmarks have changed as well. Some of it's maybe not as, as measurable or, or not able to attribute as much of the, the return on what you're doing. But how do you look at it as far as, you know, what are those benchmarks now that you've had to, to shift what you're doing? You know, it's, it's a good question. And for, for a large part, they really haven't changed, right? We're still an organization that needs to, to, to advertise and to, to drive revenue, right? At, at its core, the ability to put the right product in the right place at the right time in front of the right customer as kind of a core marketing principle really hasn't changed. That's still true. Now, there are, are some behaviors that, that everybody is seeing through the course of this you know, pandemic that, that are kind of interesting and may pervade for a long time to come and, and that we see a lot more browsing behavior and for a product like ours, a lot less buying behavior, right? So we're seeing kind of clicks go down in price, CPMs go down, um, but but ROAS not, not necessarily go up, right? Which you would expect to happen if conversion rate stays stable. And so in that way, we still measure the same way. We just allocate our budget differently, right? We're, we're as many are going prospect heavy to make sure we can keep the, the funnel uh, heavy at the top so that when this does change, we've got a, a, an audience that's primed to give us a shot. Um, but we're still looking at the same metrics, right? We may, be, we may be allocating our budget differently, but we're still looking at the same outcomes. We're just deciding on which triggers we want to pull. I, uh, I have to laugh internally because uh, I'm sitting here thinking, oh man, he's just stealing my next question because I was going to ask you next about, you know, what are you seeing as far as shifts in consumer behavior and purchasing? And I know you said that obviously you're seeing a lot more browsing. You're seeing, you know, people going online looking uh, while they have time. Uh, you know, uh, sitting in front of their, their desktop computer. Um, so maybe I'll shift that question to say, are you seeing any differences in your customers' expectations from you? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think what, one of the things we've heard a lot of conversations about is kind of out of every, you know, moment of despair comes some new innovation, right? I think that if someone referred to, to the 2008 kind of financial crisis as the birth of the term kind of disruptive innovation, and surely that's not entirely true, but to some degree, it's certainly as far as my memory goes, is when we started talking about this idea of kind of above the norm as a, you know entrepreneurship became what it is today out of that. Um, and similarly, we expect something to happen out of this, right? What will, we, what will be the lasting impact of this? And if we had to pick something to predict, I think it's, it's, uh, it's this idea of letting your conscience actually affect your uh, affect your wallet, right? So in the past, you know, customers over the last few years have become a lot more uh, conscious of, of who they're shopping with and the effect that has, but not necessarily always voting with their wallets, right? Um, and, and we think and hope that that intentionality that comes with kind of sole first purchase behavior um, will encourage and, and reward brands for being thoughtful stewards of product and, and the planet. So we, we think and hope that will be the emerging trend here is that intentionality, that really highly discerning customer growing and acting on those values more than ever. Yeah, no, that, that's a great perspective to have. And uh, going back to your earlier point, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said now is a great time for new opportunity, uh, but also a great time for new experience. And we know that, you know, everyone's behaviors are going to change, whether that's work life, whether that's social life, whether that's, you know, what you're doing at home and personal life. And uh, we're all just, you know, trying to adjust to what is a new normal moving forward. But um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amon, it has been terrific to talk to you for a few minutes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for, again, everything that Ministry of Supply is doing to help. Um, you, you know, just can't say enough about that. And 
And uh, for you guys being good stewards along the way, uh, that, that's just icing on the cake, but obviously very important as well. So thank you. Warren, I really appreciate you having me on. Hopefully uh, we get a chance to connect in person soon. Absolutely. Would love that. Uh, thank you all for tuning in again. Uh, we love having you on the episodes. We, we love uh, having you here and hope that you will subscribe to future shows. Um, please come check us out on our social feeds. Again, visit us at leadscon.com for more information on the rescheduled Vegas event, but also our upcoming webinar. And uh, everyone, please be well, be safe, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your performance marketing to the next level.